Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 26. But I didn't get Ian shot, Grace replied. She was beginning to feel as if the craziness in her life would never stop. Ian got himself shot. She regretted saying these words the moment they left her lips. Zack shook his head. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what happened. And Mom, she's in freak mode. Aunt Jessica told her not to overreact, but you know Mom. Grace was still struggling with how to understand Sarah. Was she trying to help? Or was she a threat? She could see how Sarah's strangeness her odd directness could be interpreted as ominous, yet she had spoken with the girl twice and felt that there was a deep sincerity about her that everyone else was missing. I'm not so sure she is dangerous, Grace said, trying to keep her growing concern at bay. Zack's eyes widened in comic disbelief in the way only a 13-year-old boy's eyes could. Really? There's no way I'm getting around that wacko, he said. She creeps me out. I think she's got some bad psycho juju. Jennifer walked into the room, her face a mask of worry. Oh, Grace, I'm so glad you're home. Are you okay? Jennifer was trying to act calm, but Grace could tell that her mother was worried and stressed over the recent confrontation with Sarah. I'm fine, Mom. There were no problems while you were out? Jennifer asked. Grace shook her head. No, everything was fine. 
Relief washed some of the worry from her mother's face. Good, she said. So, how was the movie? Grace realized that she had not given thought as to how to answer this question. She had been so caught up in the deliciousness of her clandestine rendezvous with Ari that she had not realized the obvious fact that she would be asked this question. And now she was forced into either telling her mother the truth or telling yet another lie. She had lied to the police officer yesterday, and she had lied again today by asking to go to the movies when her intent was to meet Ari. This could get really messy if I'm not careful. This thought caused her to hesitate ever so slightly before answering her mother. When she opened her mouth to reply, she heard herself say, The the movie was lame, just like I knew it would be. Upon hearing this new lie, she felt a sharp pang of guilt in her heart. Her mother gave a hesitant smile. Well, okay, as long as you were able to relax for a while and have some fun. Images of the field and of Ari pulling her close pushed away the guilt that pierced her heart. Oh, I had enough fun to forget about everything for a while, and I really feel that I've gotten some perspective. I feel that things are going to be different now, Mom. Jennifer hugged Grace. When she pulled away, she said, I hope so, honey. Oh, it will, Grace replied. Everything is about to change. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 27 For the remainder of the evening, everyone left Grace alone, except at supper, where they took the meal seated as a family at the large, ornate dining room table. There was no talk of the visit from Sarah. It was clear that the adults were trying to keep Grace's mind off of everything that had happened. After dinner, she shut herself up in her bedroom and replayed the afternoon with Ari in a constant loop in her mind. There were moments when the guilt of the lies she had told her mother would step forward, demanding to be seen. But the memory of the kiss would rise and crush the guilt into submission. By the time her eyes grew heavy with sleep, the only memory that remained was the memory of Ari pulling her close and pressing his lips against hers. She slipped into sleep with the feel of his muscled body against hers, the heat of his lips sparking wildfire in her heart. As she closed her eyes, a passion-fueled smile spread across her face. That smile didn't last for long. She came suddenly awake, brought to consciousness by an odd sensation. Her body felt as if it were becoming lighter. It was accompanied by a sensation of vertigo, causing her to reach out and grasp the edge of her bed in reassurance that she was not falling. Her hand did not find sheets or mattress. Instead, she grabbed a handful of grass. 
She sat up and found that she was no longer in her bedroom. She sat in a small clearing in the middle of a forest. A glowing full moon hung overhead, casting the woods in the clearing in a silvery radiance. Oh no, she thought, another nightmare. The idea of being inside another too real nightmare made her chest tighten with anxiety. What would it be this time? More zombies? Would Justin chase her in his bleeding clown makeup, the pin protruding from his chest? Or would it be something worse? As she pushed herself up off the grass, she began to realize that this dream had a completely different quality to it. It did not have any of the creepy surrealism of the previous nightmare. In this dream, she felt a calmness drape around her. With this calming of her mind, she noticed that the trees in this dream, along with the grass, blushed with an inner luminosity. The grass emitted a faint greenish glow, reminiscent of the glow of fireflies, while the leaves of the trees seemed to blush with hues of amber, scarlet, and purple. The clearing was approximately fifty feet across, covered in the radiant grass. She caught movement out of the corner of her eye and turned. She watched in complete amazement as a row of delicate, luminescent flowers began to bloom at the edge of the forest. The flowers opened with a deliberate intent that suggested they were alive and presenting themselves specifically for her enjoyment. The flowers continued to reveal themselves with their ephemeral glow, creating a trail from the forest that led toward where she was now standing. She couldn't move. In fact, she didn't want to move as she watched the floral path open before her, ultimately stopping at the tips of her bare toes. When the petals of the final bloom opened and touched her skin, she felt a comforting vibration arise from deep within inside her, as if she were an instrument fully coming into tune with another. She looked up from the shimmering flowers at her feet to the edge of the forest, and her blood chilled when she saw Sarah step from the trees onto the path. Sarah slowly walked toward Grace. I've been trying to show you that I'm not a threat, Grace, but you are in danger. Grace didn't know how to feel about what Sarah said. Part of her wanted to be afraid of Sarah, but the calm she felt here in this garden would not allow her fear to manifest. Please, she said, just leave me alone. Sarah stopped three feet from Grace. You've got to listen to me. I can't tell you specifics, but I can give you an idea of what's to come. You must be careful. Grace shook her head. I don't have to listen to you, she said. I have free will. I can do whatever I want, and I don't need you to tell me otherwise. 
Sarah seemed disappointed by Grace's words. She slowly nodded. You do have free will, Grace, and it's an extremely powerful gift. Grace was growing weary with these strange events. What is it that you want from me? I don't want anything from you, Grace. I only want to warn you. Warn me about what? Grace shot back. To warn you that you have to choose between the patch or the pen. Grace remembered the cryptic texts from last night. So, you are the one that's been texting me. Why are you stalking me? Sarah gave a sad shake of her head. I'm not stalking you, Grace. I'm trying to tell you that there are people in your life that are trying to influence you. It's up to you to discern which of them are trying to influence you for good and which of them are trying to influence you for evil. Grace wanted answers. What does the patch or the pen mean? They are metaphors for the two paths that you're presented with, Sarah replied. You have the power to choose which one you want to follow. I want to show you something that may help you make the right decision. Sarah turned and began walking along the path of the ephemeral flowers toward the trees. Grace followed. When they stepped into the forest, the softly glowing leaves gave enough combined radiance to light their way. Grace noticed that they were headed toward a smaller clearing that encircled two distinctly different trees. One tree was strong, beautiful, and alluring with shimmering flowers. The other was ancient and gnarled. It was smaller than the other trees in the luminous forest, yet it presented a sense of grace far beyond anything else she had witnessed in this dream thus far. It reminded her of a scarlet-colored weeping willow with long, thin strands of feathery leaves dangling from its branches, which spread out over their heads. Grace reached out and touched the leaves, which not only shone with their own inner radiance, but also caused that same vibrating sensation that the flowers had when they had touched her toes. She noticed the bark was patterned in such a way that it looked like someone had written graceful words in some ancient script. Somehow, she knew that it was, in fact, a real language. What kind of trees are these? Grace said. She realized that her anxiety about Sarah had evaporated. She stepped toward the more beautiful tree. Sarah put a hand on her shoulder and stopped her. That one may seem more beautiful, but if you look deeper, you will see that its core is rotten. This older one is incredibly special. It's what I want to show you. What kind of tree is it? Grace asked again. Sarah motioned for her to step further into the tree's dangling branches. As Grace did so, the softly glowing leaves tickled her face and arms, feeling very much like feathers. 
and she felt a surge of peace and happiness course through her. This is amazing, she said. Sarah nodded and smiled. Close your eyes and clear your mind. Grace complied and tried to clear her mind as much as possible, considering the bubbling happiness she felt. Okay, now what? I want you to think of the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Instantly, the vision of the strange, beautiful birds that had flown over her uncle's house popped into her mind. She remembered her longing to see the birds again after they had disappeared over the trees. She wondered why the vision of the birds took the place in her mind as the most beautiful thing she had ever seen instead of the field with Ari. But that thought quickly evaporated as she remembered the beautiful, uplifting song of the strange birds. Suddenly, she felt her skin begin to tingle where the leaves touched her. She felt that in-tune feeling again, but this time it was much more profound. She heard whispering, almost imperceptible at first. Then, more clearly, when she understood that she wasn't hearing the words, but instead she was feeling them. The image of the birds became clearer in her mind, as if in extreme high definition, and suddenly she was startled to feel real feathers flittering at her face and around her arms. She opened her eyes and was astonished to see that the leaves of the tree were transforming into those colorful birds that she had seen earlier in the day. She watched as leaf after leaf simply ceased being a leaf and became one of the birds. They fluttered around her, their iridescent wings stirred the air around her, and she smelled cinnamon. Their luminous crests vibrated in their ever-changing pastel colors. As each feather from these amazing birds touched her, she felt washed in joy. She was so overcome with the emotion that she began to cry. She looked over at Sarah, who still smiled. How? she asked. Why is this happening? Sarah's eyes gleamed. It's another gift, Grace, and a deeper metaphor for what comes next. What does it mean? Grace said, holding out her arms, her face tilted up, allowing the soft feathers of the magnificent birds to flutter and flit over her. She was so overcome with joy that she struggled to speak through her emotion. Along with that joy was a sense that she was on the precipice of some profound understanding, like when she had been in the Justin nightmare. It was so close she could almost understand it, yet it might as well have been a full universe away. This tree brings extreme happiness, Sarah said, indicating the gnarled tree. Then she pointed to the beautiful tree. The other brings ruin, even though it seems more desirable. The patch is a path of peace, 
because it represents friends and family who will rally around you and support you, give you strength. The pen did not serve Justin well. It turned him inward, closed him off to any real help. So you have two choices, Grace. One will bring you into harmony with your destiny. The other will not. One choice leads to life, the other to death. The patch or the pen. On the tail of those words, Grace felt as if she were falling. The forest with the radiant flowers, the luminous moon, and the gnarled, whispering tree began to fade into black. As her vision failed, she watched as Sarah turned and walked back along the path of the delicate, glowing flowers. With each step, the petals popped loose from their stems and turned into the most fragile, yet beautiful butterflies Grace had ever seen. She wanted to cry out and ask for one more moment in this magical garden, but only a great sob escaped her throat. A deep darkness finally enveloped her, and for a long moment she felt as if she would never again see anything but darkness. She fell onto something soft and springy. She opened her eyes and saw that she was lying in her bed. The overwhelming joy faded, leaving her soul-sick and desperate. She sat up in her bed and switched on the lamp. She looked down at her bare feet and noticed that her toes were faintly glowing in that same exact color as the flowers that had touched them. She felt something tickling the side of her face, reached up, and plucked a feather from her hair. It was a luminescent feather from one of the mysterious and beautiful birds. 